I was hanging out uh, and playing music with some guys in Chapel Hill, and one of the guys was really into that whatever the scene was at the time. I don't I don't know if it's early stage hipster uh, before it got commoditized, where people were <laughs> are, like, "Are hipsters commoditized?" <laughs> oh, now? for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Inside Skookum, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of a growing tech company. If you need more Skookum in your life, follow us on social or check out one of our monthly Tech Talk meetups hosted at our Charlotte and Denver offices. My name is Josh Lucas, and today Brad Schmidt and I are sitting down with fellow Skookumite Andy Busum. Andy is a product strategist here at Skookum. With an incredibly steady demeanor, thick-rimmed glasses, and a shirt buttoned all the way to the top, Andy has a bit of that Mr. Rogers vibe, but with a few curveballs that'll probably surprise you. I know we were caught off guard by a few of his stories. So sit back, relax, and let's get to know Andy. We are here with Andy Busom. and Busom. She actually said that not having a clue how to pronounce your name. Yeah, last name. most people don't. So, so how, do you, how do you do it? Can you it's say it Busom. Busum. Really? Yeah. That like, wasn't even as in one like of... you, but with a B on the front of it. That's exactly right. Busum. Busum. That wasn't one of the options that I even was thinking about. We had about. at least okay. seven different pronunciations, and that yeah. was not one of them. I'll be honest. Nine out of ten times, people fail on that pronunciation. Oh, I just thought you meant in general. <laughs> Busum. Okay. <laughs> the and... people I hang out with on a daily basis yeah. are not good at anything. I only hang out with failures. It makes me feel better. <laughs> that's how I, hey, that's really how well. I get uh, to boost my own self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and you look it... like you're bad at a lot of stuff. I Let's have a be very friends. low bar for my friends, okay? Hey, sure. We also have a lot of uh, Andrews in the Skookum office. Some go by Andrew, some go by Drew, some go by Andy. Variations of Andrew. We have a lot of repeats. There's three Joshes in the office. a lot of Joshes in the office. Two and a half of them are bald. But there's only one Brad. There can only be one Brad. For the folks who don't know you, um, what exactly do you do here? I don't know. Really? No idea. No, I uh, short podcast. Yeah, yeah. it's over. Come back We're next done. week. Next week, I we'll find something. Someone yeah. that actually does something. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, work with Jason Rome um, in the DSCX team. That's digital strategy and customer experience. Got hired about a year and a couple months ago, um, and yeah, I. I mostly do work with our strategy team and the design group, but not a ton with the like traditional product strategy. So mostly around customer experience work, uh, you know, the buzzwords are journey maps and UX research how and would you empathy. S- how would you rate your buzzword vocabulary on I mean, do you feel like you have a strong buzzword game or do you feel like you typically just kind of push that off to the side? I feel like it's one of it's been one of the areas I've grown strongest in since starting at Skookum is is my buzzword vocabulary. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I actually I learned quite a bit of it in Jason Rome's office, which I, I nicknamed the Jargon Garden. Ooh, Jason yeah. is the is the king of buzzwords. Well, actually. and he does have what some people in the office refer to as his own language, mm-hmm. which is Romish. Mm-hmm. Enough work talk. How did you get to work mm-hmm. at Skookum? Oh, well, I drove this morning. Not today. Like, okay. on, like, like just okay. in general. Just in general. Okay. Yeah, yeah, how did you How did you make your path to Skookum? That's a great question. I feel like I've taken a bit of a, a winding path. I didn't. I'm not like a traditional designer or product person by trade. 
Uh, I went to school for communication, um, but before I even uh, started college, I worked for about two years at the local TV station uh, in, in Rocky Mount, which is where I'm from. And I started there as a board operator on the weekends, just basically uh, popping in the VHS tapes or the uh, CDs that needed to go on air. When was this? This was in 2002 or three. Still with the VHS tapes in oh, 2003. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. And also like converting uh, the high eight, like the Sony, Sony high eight tapes yeah. into VHS uh, and running those on air. Really? And yeah. In 2003, oh, yeah. we were yeah. still using tapes. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. No there were stations using that kind of stuff way after 2003. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I started in the boardroom basically just making sure programming went on time. And then I would spend my, my time after my shift or I'd come in early and I'd sit in the editing room and I'd watch the guy doing uh, like commercial edits for, for the TV station use something like Premiere 6, something so old, uh, so slow, and it just looked terrible as an application. But I just hung out in there and then I would start showing up and I'd would use that software and taught myself how to do video editing and then started uh, going and shooting some of the commercials. And uh, I was doing this all with a friend uh, whose name is Andrew. Uh, he's He and I have been friends for a long time and, uh, in third grade. He's the one who started calling me Andy, uh, which is why I'm called Andy now, because my best friend's name is Andrew. And so he he started calling you so he could have dibs yeah, on the name. To keep he took immediate dibs on Andrew and just told our teacher to call me Andy. Oh, wow. so he's he was really taking the reins in oh, that yeah. situation. It was a power play. It was a power play. Right how, yeah. Do you ever look back on that and feel like how much did you really want to be my friend and mm-hmm. how much did you really just want the name? I don't know if we'll ever know. But you guys are still friends. Uh, still great friends. Uh, we do yeah. Man. He and I worked together at the TV station. We're friends for a long time. And uh, so he and I would started shooting our own field pieces that were all just complete jokes. Like we did uh, we did the hot dog challenge in the Tri-County region. So mm-hmm. we went out and, and taste tested. What was the, the Tri-County? Where are you from? Uh, so Eastern North Carolina. This was Nash, Edgecombe, and Wilson counties. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, great counties. Yeah. Great counties. Love those yeah. counties. Great hot dogs. Great yeah. hot dogs. Well, yeah, even better hot dogs. So anyway, we, f- we finally got to the point by the time we went to college, we came back over Christmas break, freshman year, and uh, we convinced them to let us host a late night talk show um, for the week in between uh, Christmas and New Year's. And also, uh, I think a few days leading up to Christmas. And uh, that was the time of my life, man. I was, uh, we were just. You'd reached the big time. We were just yeah. making things up. And this is high school? This was, this was like uh, Christmas break re- at, in freshman year of college. Okay. And we came back home to, you know, see family and also convinced the what station manager to let us host a late night show. Generally started around 1130 or 1145. That's a, a solid time. Yeah, that's yeah. a late good show. time. Yeah, yeah, perfect. It's a late show time slot. Yeah, that's not trash. And we'd me. run it till one. And uh, I kept a pretty good audience. That's that's awesome. All week. All week. Yeah. We did giveaways and uh, like a weather segment, like a gift buying guy. Who's the, who the affiliate? Uh, network affiliate. No affiliate. Local, no network Just affiliate. a local community television. I like it. Wow. Yeah. We need to find some. Do we have any on-air clips of this? I feel like this would be good content to supplement yeah. Yeah. the podcast or the YouTube videos. There, that, that we're there are some video segments of uh, Late Night with Andy and Andrew. Mm. Uh, on YouTube, 
and I think one of them got passed around this past Christmas uh, amongst the DSCX team. Fame and fortune came calling, and you said, no, I don't want it. Instead, I want to go back to school and pursue what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Originally wanted to go to school for broadcasting and mm-hmm. cinema. Uh, I was Because I was in that like local TV station environment, I thought that I wanted to get into you know, the, that whole production world and uh, was really into it for a little while. Uh, also thought about dabbling in, in music. I almost dropped out of school to, to go to like a music-focused didn't uh, we all? Man, I'm so glad I didn't do it. Then just ended up majoring in undergrad uh, in communication and then went back a couple of years later and got my master's degree in communication. Your wife. What's your wife's name? Jenna. Jenna. So you, Which confuses uh, a lot of people, uh, by the because way. Because you work with Jenna. I work with a Jenna. Here. Yeah. Not your wife, Jenna. Right. Jenna. How'd that happen? You guys met in college? Is that what you said? We did meet in college. We met in an in, in English class. Is there is there a cool story there? I pursued hard because she's uh she's out of my league so i took a lot of work but we were we're actually in a english class together and then i found out uh maybe two weeks after we originally met in that class they actually lived in the same dorm building uh i heard i found out through the grapevine and then i ran into her at the elevators in the dorm building and found out we lived on the same floor so did you find out through the grapevine, or did you stalk her? No, I totally... I, I would have stalked her, but this the grapevine beat like, me to it. Okay. All right. Is this one of those where, like, I just happened to run into her at the elevator, or was this like she happened to run into me while I had been standing there for an hour and a half? You were stalking the elevator. I, I was probably lingering more than a normal person would. Yeah. I wouldn't call it stalking. Hey. That feels like maybe <laughs> a step too far. That's a little aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't uh, stalking. Yeah. I was just very patient. Yeah. Did you write her a lot of letters being, you know, you met in English class, you're a communications major. Yeah. Crush some letters. I did, I did the... write a lot of uh, a lot of letters or notes, you, you know. Yeah. However you want to phrase it. Uh, so also what... wrote music, you know. You you do what you got to do, man. man. So what was the what was the tipping point where you like this this like sealed the deal like this what, what, was what this was the over? moment. Yeah, what was the moment where you're like, she's in? So I asked her to if she would be interested in going uh, up to Boone for a day trip. Mm. Uh, to there's no escape hatch in that plan. No, there's not. I mean, you're locking yourself in a car with someone for, you know, six hours. You drive up to the mountains. I think car conversations are great, though. Me too. You know why I think so is that you don't have to look at the person. You're looking forward. And so you feel like because of that, you feel more open and you can mm-hmm. you can tell them things. I think that's right on. Yeah. Got another play. The, the other one that I'm always fascinated by as far as like the dynamics of conversation is elevators. Mm. Do you ever notice nobody, nobody wants to talk on an elevator? Even you and I are talking and we get on an elevator with like five or six other people. Nine times out of ten, that conversation stops yeah. until you get back off of the elevator. It almost feels like you walked into a funeral. Yeah, it does. In our elevators, I'm like just more concerned that uh, you know they're just going to break down. You know, <laughs> so you you go you go quite out of the anxiety. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. just like I don't you know a little claustrophobia, and uh, these elevators aren't exactly the yeah. most. Uh, well, and you what know. are you Sherry Barry approved them, so I know. Yeah, you know, I'm right. sure they're safe. Yeah, she but lifts me up. Elevator yeah. queen, R.I.P. Yeah. yeah, she's not dead. <laughs> no, but she's stepping down. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. Stepping well, down. I mean, R.I.P. like it's got a little Sherry bit of a connotation. Barry. It's amazing. 
<laughs> so, um, all right. So let's get in. Let's, let's get into let's, the good let, stuff. This is yeah. This is more. What okay. We're so interested. as we we've gotten to know you a little bit here, Andy, and a lot of people may not know this about you, but hitchhiking was was a pretty big part of your life. What, what where did the hitchhiking thing come from? What was it? How did that even happen? Uh, do you want the short, medium, or long answer? Uh, whatever the best answer is. That feels like a cop-out response. Yeah. Um, medium. So, <laughs> medium. Always is it medium the always a cop-out answer? Yeah, it is. So I, this was in college, and I was hanging out uh, and playing music with some guys in Chapel Hill, and one of the guys was... Uh, really into that whatever the scene was at the time i don't i don't know if it's early stage hipster uh, before it got commoditized where people were are, like are hipsters commoditized <laughs> oh for now? sure oh for sure yeah um so this was like all the hipsters on this bot listening are just like this podcast yeah. sucks yeah yeah i'm just a poser sitting in here you kind of you could rock the hipster vibe well I think I did for a little while. Yeah. Uh, it started more like emo grunge in high school. and tr- Well, the natural evolution is that you would then move into right. hipster. Yeah. yeah. And then from hipster, you'd say, what's the next? I don't know, man. Maybe like... Uh, Basic. <laughs> it just goes full circle. It goes yeah. full circle. Yeah. yeah, there is... You go to basic, and then yeah. you get so angry at the fact that you're basic that sure. you go back into yeah. the no emo grunge. grunge. Yeah. But it's like a Warby Parker basic, not like Old Navy basic. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. I haven't gone all the way there yet. Cargo shorts and American flag t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in college, I didn't have a lot of money, and I was hanging out with the crew who, you know, early hipster. And it was just kind of part of the culture. It was what people hitchhiking. Yeah, well, it kind of started with. Because I'll be honest, like I don't know that there was ever a point in my life where I've talked to people who just were like, "Well, let's go see a movie," and 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 it was just commonly accepted that we're just going to hitchhike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, there wasn't a lot of friends. You that driving? I was like, oh, you're hitchhiking? Well, of course, that's so yeah. in right now. I, yeah, I like, guess it's a matter of the circle that you run in. You guys just played it safe, I guess. I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't know he that grew I can up in argue. West Virginia. Oh wow! Like, Wild and wonderful. You, gotta, you would think if anyone would be into hitchhiking, it would be West. It's Virginia. a very. I, I. It's a very polarizing place to hitchhike, but you could easily be put in a situation mm. which are terrifying, mm. and you end up with a whole deliverance situation on your hands. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Not good. No. So, so you're I, into hitchhiking. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, you know, this one friend that I had was really into it, and, and him and, and a buddy decided that they were going to hitchhike to Seattle. And uh, I mentioned I graduated college early, and so this was over the summer. Then I used the last part of that summer to uh, be a little bit homeless around Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and the you're surround- choosing. Yeah. Choosing that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I fully recognize the like absurd level of uh privilege that i'm like deciding that i'm gonna not go back to my dorm room at night and just like live outside like not having a car not having good clothes all of that was part of the aesthetic of it mm-hmm. gotta look the part if you're gonna play the part exactly yeah. like it was it was cool to to be digging through the trash can wait you you dug through the trash can Oh, for as sure. part of the hitchhiking experience or just like the being homeless for a few months? Uh, so just dumpster diving was a, a regular 
activity. Great dumpster diving uh, in Chapel Hill, especially at the Panera Bread. Little known fact, I don't know if they still do this, but they would wrap all of their day-old bread in big plastic bags and just toss it into to the garbage. And then at night, after they're closed and no one's around, you could kind of sneak into the dumpster area. But anyway, you jump over the fence, get into the dumpster, grab out that big bag of bread, which has not touched anything dirty. Yeah. It's just been in its bag. Right. And then we would divvy up the bread amongst all the friends. And, you know. How, like, was this, like, how many friends were part of this yeah. crew of dumpster diving Five bread seekers? Like, are you talking, like, Thanksgiving family dinner here? Or are you talking, like, like I mean, 15, 20 people? Or are we talking, like, two, three? Like, it what? was a sliding scale just because, uh, so my buddy's, uh, in the band they didn't all live together but the lead singer he lived in a house with a bunch of other guys and they called it the jungle house uh Mm. because it was back in the back kind of tucked in the woods off of franklin big guns and roses fans big guns and roses yeah (laughs) uh every time you walked in there was like a little sensor that that caught you and it would play uh, welcome to the jungle you nailed it yeah uh so at any given point that house could have uh nine guys on a regular basis, but if people are all over there, it could be 20. Mm. And so, so everyone would just hit the dumpster. 20. Not everyone. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so most times like in college guys were like, Hey, we should order some pizza. But you guys were like, Hey, let's go crack open this dumpster in the back of Panera. Sometimes grab some bread. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was just a good deal, man. It's hard to turn down free. I feel like this is a thing that Don and I might have in common. I could definitely see Don post. Yeah. That. If it's free, it's if, for Dom. Especially if he could resell the bread. Oh, yeah, I Dom think that, would figure that out would a be, way to like yeah. take it out and then yeah, he, somehow resell it. Don would be more entrepreneurial than we were. Yeah, Don. For the folks listening who don't know who Don is at Skookum, Don is the guy who basically keeps the lights on. He mm-hmm. is a wheeler and a dealer, and it's he true. is always looking for. And a he good does deal. it for little to nothing. And he always has a guy. Like, yeah. if you're like, hey, I wonder if we could get one of these. And Don's like, well, I've got a yeah. guy. Let me call my dry ice guy. Yeah. You know, like, Don would have a guy for that. Mm. Absolutely. Right. So, back to the I'm, dumpster Yeah, diving. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. You, of all, like, the, if you were to take just randomly 10 people and put them in a line and scook them and you said, okay, rank these people of most likely to dumpster dive least likely to dumpster dive like in their past i would put you on the least likely side i would agree with that yeah why is that uh there's a lot of days where your top button is buttoned Mm. um and i just equate that to like not a dumpster diver Mm. you know what i mean Mm mm-hmm which is a whole nother narrative that maybe we need to explore about ourselves is that you know don't judge a man by his buttons. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't be stereotyping so much, Brad. It's true. Yeah. It's true. But I, like Andrew Hager, yeah. I could see that. I got to say, I, I probably would not dumpster dive right now. With the political turmoil that's going on, it's just, I mean, it's a gamble. Yeah, with the whole global crisis going on right now around trade, like I can't find good conscience to do that sort of thing. Do you think sarcasm will transfer well on the podcast? Like, I'm just curious. I'm curious to see what kind of feedback we get. (laughs) No one's listening at this point. There are about. about. I think three people, uh, three people might understand the humor. Yeah, you know, it's it's above a lot of people's heads. Yeah, Yeah. it was a short phase. I mean, to be honest, I was uh, I was so I was in this band, and this was college time. But honestly, like once I hit 
the working world after that little stint of being jobless um, in the uh, cold cold winter of '09. Um, then I, uh, you know, I started buying some groceries. <laughs> then I realized yeah. I didn't want to keep doing this. Yeah. Well, the, you know, a- they say that man can't live on bread alone, but I don't know. <laughs> you tried. You really did. Uh, they, I, he can for at least a month and a half. Yeah, I didn't go back to Panera for a while. <laughs> <laughs> what, I would imagine it'd be hard to pay for Panera after that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Th- yeah. That bread is meaningless to me. It's worthless. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I used to eat that bread for free. <laughs> I'm not paying for this. Not I can wait until 9.30 and go right. get a whole bag of it for exactly. nothing. Exactly. What's something that another story that people may not know about you? And mm-hmm. one of the things that you just kind of threw out very nonchalantly was like, I did have a run-in with a chainsaw. Give us that story as far as how, what were you doing yeah. with the chainsaw that almost took your life? You cheated death. I got to say, it was pretty scary. I mean, I so I was helping a friend cut down some trees in his backyard. And the in the most, uh, I don't know, meaningless of a circumstance, we were just standing around and I was holding the chainsaw and I was not thinking anything of it. And it must have just kind of bounced, like maybe it just tapped my the front of my leg. Running or not running? No, we were just standing. I wasn't running, no. <laughs> The running chain, with the chain. chainsaw. The, the chainsaw had been powered down. Yeah, mom yeah. said, "Mom yeah. said, don't run with scissors." But she never said anything about chainsaws. That's exactly right. Um, that feels like a like the opening to a horror movie. <laughs> uh, me running through the woods with a chainsaw. Uh, no, we were just standing around, and so the chainsaw was not running. But I guess it tapped my leg. I didn't think anything of it. It wasn't until a little bit later that I felt like my sock was wet, and it could have been sweat, but. Out of curiosity, I pulled up my pant leg and uh, I was wearing tall white socks and they were just, and one of them was just bright red. So I was like, oh, that's not good. Mm. You know, you never want to look down and your sock be, you know, covered in blood. So I rolled up my pant leg and saw that the artery on the front of my shin was just like, bloop, 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 just popping blood out i'm still i'm like still amazed at the because when you first told me the story i didn't realize the chainsaw wasn't running it was not so you just like when oh, you wait. say it just you just you tapped your leg you had to run in with a chainsaw that it was, wasn't running it was not running it literally tapped the front of my leg in just the right spot they said a centimeter kind of a over freak accident really. yeah freak okay. accident so yeah, the, I feel like uh, I feel like maybe my buildup to this story was a little bit, a little bit aggressive. I yeah. think it was. Yeah, I mean the the thing is that this story would be a non-story if it kind of ended there. You know, we put a little gauze on it, wrapped it in an ace bandage, and I went and sat down. Figured, well, take some pressure off of it. No big deal. Uh, went home, whatever. Did uh, did normal night activities you know make dinner what are your normal night activities you know dinner walk around the block uh with the dog and you um, you walked around the block with the dog and you were still i had it i had it bandaged bandaged up up. yeah okay so i thought no big deal yeah so anyway went to bed woke up the next morning my wife was already out of the bed but when i pulled the sheets out i looked down and i saw that i was laying in a pool of blood which is unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see how that might 
be worrisome. I kind of kind of freaked out. I'm a pretty calm person, so I I kept my composure and I just you know yelled out for Jenna and said, uh, "Hey, could you come here for a second? So she walked in and I said, "I think I need to go to the doctor." I <laughs> I think. I think so. <laughs> you didn't say call nine one one. No. I'm about to die. Right. I'm, I'm bleeding lying out in, in a bed. pool of blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we we rushed to the urgent care. Uh, they stuck a shot of Novocaine in it to, to numb it, and then she cauterized it, literally uh, burned off the artery. And, uh, and yes, yeah, and now I've got, a, I've got a black dot on the front of my leg forever. Mm. And uh, side note, that mattress uh, looked, like, uh, looked like we murdered someone on it. Uh, when we finally decided to, to get rid of it, we just left it propped up against a dumpster. You and I can only imagine the stories people... You didn't sell it on Craigslist or anything like that. Like, we thought about it. Yeah, We I've, felt like maybe it needed to go in Craigslist free. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like you should have thrown that on top of the car and mm-hmm. just hauled it to the dump yourself <laughs> yeah. just to see if you could get Any some reactions. good looks yeah. driving through yeah. the street. Brad, Josh, this was a pleasure. Andy. Andy. Brad. Busom. Busom? Busom. Like Busey. Damn it. Like yeah. Gary Busey. Gary Busey. But Andy Busom. Busom. Busom? Right. Busom. Andy Busom. Thanks, Andy. Busom. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Brad. <laughs> We'd like to thank Andy for coming on to the podcast and sharing some fun stories with us. Is there someone else you'd like to hear from on the show? Jump on Instagram and let us know who you think would make for a fun interview. Until next time, keep it nerdy. 